The new Bridgerton's out and I've missed it. We gotta watch it. I've gotta watch it. We're gonna binge it. I've always been one who loved to write. Um, my dad's a songwriter, my mom wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Way down yonder on the chair. Oh, yeah, I'm going horseback riding. Give me an hour and a half. I wish you had a TV in your Bridgerton dining room. Did you? I know. So, yeah. So, I have a dining room that Amanda calls the Bridgerton dining room. Because I love that you call looks, it. Looks, I mean, it's, it's funny. It is beautiful. It's mint green. It's light and airy and fluffy. and some modern touches. Oh, the bubbles. I have a bubble lamp. Oh, the bubble chandelier. Yeah. Yeah. Lamp. Yeah, it's not a lamp. It's a chandelier. Makes me want to wear a little white corset corset and have wisteria all on the wall behind you. Yes. I want to live that life. The best thing about that show is, A, the actors are gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know there were so many pretty people in this world. (laughs) It's like if you took Melrose Place and put it in a beautiful Jane Austen book. Yes. Let's focus on that part of it. So I like the Jane Austen part of it. And what's his name? Not so much. Who's not in it this season, but we wish he was. Uh, Jean. uh, Oh, he's got got the two names at the beginning. Very French. Yeah. Yeah. He's so pretty. Gorgeous, but he's not in it this season. No, he's not. This one's about a different daughter, right? Every every single episode, kid. every so season is a different Bridgerton. Anthony is this season. Oh, the one that was getting engaged. I don't even remember oh. the show now. It feels like so long he's ago. The, he's the oldest son. I watched so much stuff recently. I have I have been binging. I'm very proud of my binging. You have really binged a lot. I have. I haven't quite made it through Inventing Anna yet. I'm working on that one. It's really good. It is good. Um, but there's been so much distracting story. me. Like that whole story when it unfolded in the news, I was so fascinated by it. How long ago was that? It wasn't that long ago, like five years ago. It's a fascinating story for sure. And it's amazing. My brain's not just... working today, so. <laughs> but your hair looks fabulous. Thank you. New haircut. New haircut. Yay, we love new um, haircuts. Yes, yeah, so we have a really, I, I like that we're having this light conversation now because today our guest coming on, things get not too deep, not no, too hard, but, this is a, this but we is a, do address some really real Real situations. feelings and real yes. things. Yeah. Um, so here, I'll give a little introduction. Yeah. Let me put my glasses on. Please hold. I am now 46, so <clears throat> don't tell anybody. Um, our guest today is the daughter of two very talented human beings. Her father, Alan Jackson, is best known for blending traditional honky-tonk and mainstream country pop sounds and being one of the best-selling music artists of all time, having sold over 75 million records worldwide. Of, according to Wikipedia. I mean, it's like the soundtrack to my childhood. I don't I have to. I'm gonna have to listen a little Wait, more. Wait, I'm sorry. I know. I'm gonna have to stop. I'm not a country. I grew up in New York. Chattahoochee. If it's not Billy Joel and Beastie Boys, I don't know Drive. it. Drive. Come on, Chattahoochee. People. I know Chattahoochee. Way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. It gets hot. Yeah, I know that one. Um, so Alan married his high school sweetheart Denise, um, who helped jumpstart Alan's career. She was a flight attendant. She was a flight attendant, and uh, on a flight, she asked uh, another uh, musician how she could help her husband break into music. A few years later, she wrote a book called It's All About Him, Finding the Love of My Life, published in 2007. In 2008, she released a book titled The Road Home. The couple had three daughters, the oldest being Maddie. Yes. Maddie Jackson Selectman is a certified level three sommelier. Amazing. Mm-hmm. She previously owned a wine bar in Nashville. She has a degree in creative writing from the University of Tennessee, but she tragically lost her husband in less than a year. Her husband, Ben Selectman, she lost him um, just within a year of uh, right before their one year anniversary mm-hmm. in September 2018. After he suffered a traumatic brain injury, they were on vacation in Florida on her dad's boat and he was helping a woman on the boat and he fell and hit his head. And he had like 12 days in a coma, I think it was. And then when he 
And then he couldn't hit. And then the brain swelling was so bad and they lost him. Um, But despite her grief, Maddie is pushing forward with her strong faith. And with her hereditary talent of writing, she released a book called Lemons on Friday in the Fall and has served as a faith-led guide for those who have lost a loved one for many people. Um, Maddie is healing through her love of helping other people um, alongside her her business partner, Brooke. Together, they started a philanthropic merchandise brand dubbed Nashville. Like we gotta Nashville get our hands with an on some e. of this. Nashville, yeah. I want to find out more about that. In order to, it helps women and children in need, specifically orphans, widows, and trafficked women. We can't wait to hear from this local hero about all of her binge-worthy favorites. So we should bring her in here so we can get chatting. What do you Come think? on, Maddie. Come on, Maddie. Did you know that in the last year, rates of anxiety and depression have doubled in the U.S.? These days, it can take weeks to get a traditional therapy appointment. I did know that. As somebody who has struggled with depression and anxiety in the past and I'm currently in treatment for ADHD, it is sometimes impossible to get appointments when you really need them. So Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and so much more. It's so great. It's one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships it straight to your door. You can skip the pharmacy skip lines. The pharmacy lines. I love that. 82% of patients report reduced anxiety with Cerebral, and Cerebral clinicians are rated 4.9 out of 5 by their patients. That's awesome. So today, listeners of What Women Binge can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash binge, B-I-N-G-E. That's right. Just go to Cerebral.com slash binge for 65% off your first month. That's a total of $30 to get started. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Maddie, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Welcome I love to set up. Thank you. Our pretty podcast studio. Thanks to Amanda. Oh, you know. It looks beautiful. It's nothing. And the inside of her brain that makes <laughs> things so wild and colorful and fantastic. For those of you watching at home on YouTube. I'm glad the inside of my brain is not in here. I don't think it would be quite as uh, eclectic and cute. I know. Well, mine would be pretty scattered. It. She pulls it together really well, this Amanda. Oh, I don't know about that. You do. Oh, thank you. It's lovely. Thank but first, we have to. First things first. We have to give you some cozy socks. Ooh, yes. Because around here, it. we get gotta cozy. So get comfortable. So we can big basket of really um, cozy, comfy, comfy socks. We got some thin ones here. We got some grippy ones here. Ooh. Some really fuzzy ones here. There's all different. I mean, literally whatever you Just want. Just dig in there. Grab some, what you like. Kind of like the stripey. Vibe. You want to go with the stripy grays? Yeah. They've got the little Ooh, the, on the bottom. Yeah, for like you. that. I'm pretty clumsy, so there you That'll go. Keep well, there you from go. Slipping. I'm Love slip it. Mine on too, right? Yeah, we get cozy around here, and then that's your that's your takeaway. That's what you oh, get. I love that's it. what you get for being this here. This is my party, party gift. gift. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Favor. Oh, feel at home already. Oh my gosh, I feel like I have been listening to you talking to you for the last week, listening to your audiobook in the car. Oh, so I feel like I just like your voice is very comforting to me, and um, your book was really amazing. Thank you, really, really amazing. And I know that you're doing a big tour right now, promoting it and uh, and talking through it. And um, I just, do you want to just walk us through it a little? So it's called Lemons on Friday. Yes, and um, it is. I have to say, like from a spiritual standpoint, um, as someone who hasn't gone through the the grief and, and um, or the amount of counseling or anything that you have gone through, it spoke to me on a level of like spirituality that I like. I mean, I assume that your purpose behind the book, and I don't want to speak for you, but I assume it's to reach out to people and 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 you know, kind of 
give a purpose to what Ben meant to you mm-hmm. and what happened. But um, I have learned so much more about prayer, mm. about the Bible, about, you know, these times in life that that people are, are have either gone through or going to go through. And just, I mean, just how to open up your heart more to to prayer and to and yeah. to and to God. And 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 that was so. So will you explain to us a little bit about. Like yeah. why you decided to write a book. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that means a lot to me. Um, I, that is the purpose. The purpose at the beginning, you know, was for me to survive. You know, the, the whole backstory for those who don't know is, you know, I met the love of my life, my mid-20s, and it was this very sort of like f- fast, passionate, like almost rom com sort of romance. And we got married at 27, and then I lost him very suddenly and very tragically, um, three weeks before our first wedding anniversary, we'd both just turned 28 and it was, uh, just sort of a freak brain injury. He slipped getting up on a boat, fell back, you know, didn't think a lot of it. And then, you know, 12 days later, uh, we've been in the ICU and medically induced coma and brain surgeries and he didn't end up making it. And, you know, at that point in my life, I had never experienced anything truly tragic. I mean, hard things for sure. Um, but not a tragedy like that, uh, especially not a death like that. And so, you know, I've always been one who loved to write. Um, my dad's a songwriter. My mom wrote a mm-hmm. book um, that was a New York Times bestseller. And it's it's always been a passion of mine. And that was truly the only way I knew how to even start to process everything that I was feeling and all the questions that I had being a person of faith and, and really never having that faith challenged. Um, well, and you dig deep. I mean, in the <clears throat> book, you go into such detail such beautiful detail of and 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 also like it, it's it's I mean your book is really interesting because I was just reading The Great Gatsby recently and it's mm-hmm. beautiful wording but it's so confusing yeah yeah and yours is beautiful but really understandable and really like really it just it just it's so relatable everyone can relate to not necessarily relate to your pain and your suffering but um, can sort of be there with you for the ride and you really walk us through it step by step. And it's, it's really beautiful. It's what I've told people. It's technically a self-help book, I think, but also to me, I wanted it to be more of just a behind the scenes look at what it looks like to really hurt honestly in a world that's hard, but also hope, you know, and hold those two kind of on equal footing because that's really the only way we survive tragic things like that. And it's the way that we survive the normal days, too. It's There's yeah. pains to hold and honor the feelings that, that are hard that come from that, but also not get lost in it, you know. And I think that's what I had to learn as someone who had never really gone through um, heavy grief like that is, you know, my tendency would be just power through, like push down the hard feelings. You can survive, like fight your way through it. And I tried that, and it just— with with pain of that magnitude, it doesn't work. Yeah. And so on a day-to-day basis, can you grit your teeth and get through hard stuff? Sure. But when your husband dies at 28 and your whole future feels like it dies with him, like you can't fake your way through that. Yeah. And I think that was the lesson that I learned on such a huge scale that I was hoping people who, you know, hopefully never go through something that tragic can can glean from my story is like bad feelings aren't bad. They're just feelings. And I think the way that we learn from them and grow as people um, in relationships with other other people and with God and, you know, with our families is you learn how to honor the pain, but not let the pain take over. And I hope that's what 
is shown through my story. I even saw on the Amazon reviews people saying, you know, thank you, like, for kind of giving them a guide Mm -hmm. into, like, what they can expect or how they can That's exactly what I was going to say. Reading it for me, it was almost, I mean, I have never been in your shoes, obviously, but I have dealt with grief on Mm -hmm. a, you know, big scale in my life. And, but hearing your, how healthy you came through this and looking at grief from the outside in, I feel like I can be a better help to my friends. I can be a better counsel to anyone I encounter who's going through something even remotely similar um, to do it in a much healthier way than I have in my past, you know? And so I, it was so encouraging. It was so uplifting. Yeah. I mean, we've both been so excited to meet you after reading this over the last few days. And it's, it's really, it's something. I I don't remember uh, this in the book, but like how much of it did you rely on like getting out and making sure you were around people and how much of it did you kind of hide out and, and like, did you have to force yourself out of the house? Did you have to? Yeah, it, it, I think it's a, it's a hard balance and I think everyone's needs for alone time and community time are probably different. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the hard thing about grief is like everyone needs something different and even as an individual, you need something different in one moment than you do the next. So it's this constant, just like, two steps forward, three steps back of learning what your pain looks like and what you need to handle it well. Um, But in terms of alone time and community, I mean, my community was so huge and I just couldn't praise them enough. Like I did an interview with a woman that I really respect and she said, it sounds like your people like accidentally kind of did this perfectly. And I was Um, like, honestly, that's that's a beautiful way to say that. And obviously with the huge caveat, none of us did anything perfectly, but there was just a tremendous amount of grace and communication. And I think everyone just handled me and, and my space and my hurt with such tenderness that we learned how to go to to deeper places with each other. And in turn, like I'm much closer with my friends and my family than I even was before this. Cause we've just yeah. gone through hell together yeah. and you know, that so happens you, like for things just on a, like if somebody, you know, is struggling with a divorce, with any of their yeah. little funerals, as yeah, you put yeah, it, yeah. um, is there, um, would you recommend like, do you just reach out by text? Do you call, do you come over with a bottle yeah. of wine? Like what was your biggest, like, or is it just like at what point is it leave me alone? Yeah. Or you I know. think that there, in terms of you know where I was with my grief and anyone who's grieving anything, not just the loss of a person, you know, there's a lot of exhaustion, like mental exhaustion, emotional exhaustion that comes. And so, although the question "What can I do to help you?" is really kind, it's very overwhelming when you're yeah. the one that's hurting because you really don't know. Mm what you need. And I think a very practical thing that I tell people now is if you want to be there for somebody, give them a closed ended option, you know, say like, Hey, I'm thinking about you today. Would you rather me come hang with you? Or would you rather be on your own? Would you rather me take you out for a walk or drop off some dinner? You know? And I think that was very manageable for me in a a practical sense. And it made me feel loved. And I think that the whole thing was just knowing that if there was a day or a moment that I didn't feel like I could face it by myself that I had someone yeah. to call or that there was always someone kind of reaching so they, out. they like always let you know, I'm here for you. I'm yeah. here for you. I'm here for you. Yeah. That's kind of the, yeah. the goal. I think so. Yeah. Because you really don't know what you want. And sometimes you have to, or at least I had to go through some of the really hard things on my own first. And that's something I learned about myself because if I were with people, when I had to face something that I was really anxious about facing, I would hold back. Like I would try oh. to keep it together because 
I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So I knew I had to do it on my own, totally shatter and hit rock bottom and then call in my people well, to that's put what me you, back together. You talked about like leaning into the grief yeah. a little bit, like always being afraid of certain things or, or at least in the beginning, like being afraid of certain what memories mm-hmm. or, or or items of yeah. around the house or something or like things that, that we you did left together. The house. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, like and then finally like leaning into mm-hmm. it and really because I loved what you said about like not wanting to lose him yeah. by losing the grief. Like not that you would lose the grief, but like as it shifts and changes, are you going to lose that yeah. him in your life? Yeah. There's a big fear that if I make proactive strides to, to move forward, um, that you're going to lose or forget or yeah. or something like that. And it's just not true. Like, I'm grateful to know now that it's not true. But there's no way not to feel that when you're just – it's such a weird tension between I want to feel better finally, but also I don't want to leave this part of my life, you know? I didn't want to leave it in the first place. So it's a tricky balance. Because I have a friend going through a divorce, and I was talking about your book and just talking about grieving and little funerals, which I love how you talk about little funerals, how in your life sometimes – and how you you really hated the concept at first, but then you took to it, that in your life you have to have little funerals for the – the future you would imagine for yourself and like and that I just thought about like that like what that looked like for me and stuff and that's the little funerals thing was interesting but then I thought about it in comparison to like a divorce like do you want to separate yourself from the do you want to forget certain things or do you you know do you want to hold on to the bad stuff so that you can you know as opposed to the good stuff so I I I don't know how like it it's different I guess in every situation but um but your book was such a lovely like guide for people I think into like grief and using your your faith to to get you through it even when you're questioning it and that was really beautiful thank you I I appreciate that a lot I think the big thing for me when I sat down to really work on it and and sort of the resounding sort of desire I kept you know speaking to my editors was I don't want this to be pigeonholed into a book about death like Mm -hmm. my story is about death and that will reach a lot of people who are facing that. But this is a story about hurting in a life that's hard and yeah. holding on to hope. And I think, you know, it's not lost on me that it came out in the middle of the pandemic. pandemic. And just yeah. all of the loss timing. that people are yeah. facing in the little funerals, right? Yeah. Of jobs, of graduation school that years. Happen. Yes. Yeah. All of these yeah. things. And it's just hard. Weddings that I had to be like postponed or it's such an important book for people in mountaintop positions in their life right now. If everything's going really good. Read this book. Yeah, because you know because something's... Because you're going to be prepared yeah. for anything you might encounter. And you'll be in, honestly, maybe more of a healthy mind space to process it. Yeah. And uh, to understand that there's other people out there that are suffering. Do you feel like the, writing the book was a great therapeutic thing for you? Or did it, was it more paint? Do you think... Was that leaning into the grief? Or? It was. It definitely was. Um, but it started, you know, just for me. Just to be able to navigate, you know what was going on and what I was feeling. And Did it start as a journal sort yes. of thing? Okay, okay. Yeah, and that's what's really cool for me personally is, you know, I can look at it now and I see things that I wrote three months after he died. And, and then in the next paragraph, you know, I see something that I'm reflecting back on three years later. Mm. And to me, it just is this beautiful record and sort of like tapestry of my healing and mm. reminder for me that like when – stuff hits the fan for me in the future, which it will, that there's evidence that like you, you are resilient and God won't leave you. Yes. And, and it's just, I hope cool. it's that for other people. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Amen. Um, do, does it like doing things like this, like coming on our podcast? And of course we want to talk about your book, but we also want to talk to you about all the other things yeah. you, you're, you're excited about right now. But, um, does this kind of make you live in that place that where you maybe don't want to be all the time? Like, is it 
a constant conversation now with everybody on the street or when yeah. you come and do interviews that you're having to relive it. Yeah. I, there's a one of my favorite points in the book is talking about feeling like all of a sudden I was this ambassador for young widows mm-hmm. and hating that. And I can say, you know, three and a half years later, um, I still feel that. And it doesn't feel so much like pain. It feels like there's finally purpose for what happened to me and for Ben's death and for our marriage. And so I am still living in that space. And I think even as my life moves forward, you know, hopefully with another marriage and family and kids, and I still want to be that landing place for people. And I think that I've gotten to a space where I'm grateful for that. More I know you than talk I about let, not liking hurt. the label, like yeah. the label you never yeah. wanted was widow, yeah. of course, and um, and so now you're you're leaning into that as right. well. So that's well, and I think the thing was at first that felt like the only thing people were going to see about me, and the first and last thing they would always say, and it is permanent because it's a permanent part of my story. But I don't feel anymore like that's going to be my top label with mm-hmm. people for the rest of my life. It's just a part of who I am. It doesn't define who I am. Yeah. And I think that's that's a struggle with every part of identity. It's yeah. just letting it be a part. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, so uh I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about your sommelier. Oh yeah. Yeah. Days. We should have, we the fun stuff. Let's start with some wine. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, you gotta give us pairings for every show you are into oh, and every, that's a great idea. I love that. Take me fun. You know what's funny though, when I first started being a sommelier and like doing wine classes and stuff a lot of the way that I would try to describe and get people to understand the differences in wines was by comparing them to actors because it was like they got the, you know, they get the personality, they kind of get the body type and it just made it fun. And oh it made my it gosh, less that's intimidating. Is there a Melissa? Yeah. Or is it? Is there a Melissa wine? Is there a curvy wine that's somewhere between a red and a beer? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, but I also love in the book you do, your wine expertise comes in in such a beautiful way because it is intertwined with the Bible and like and so grapes and roots and pruning and all that really comes into play and and that's um that's another aspect of the book that I thought was really wonderful and um it, but I I'm I'm fascinated with the fact that you so you you went to school for it's kind of a weird process okay. so there are two main schools of wine certification um, and they both have, I believe, four levels of certification. So it's just like anything that you want to do for work, like you have to get your CPA exam or, mm. or, what, or what have you. Um, there's no actual physical location. You don't like enroll and go to wine school in Paris. I wish that was the case. Oh, man. Um, but, you know, you have study groups and you have study materials and you, you basically just prepare as best you can for whatever level certification you want to take. And you sign up and, you know, you pass or you don't. And it's cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a self-study so is it a good idea system. to swirl the wine and sniff it? Is that a good thing? Yeah, it, Or is that idea... a stupid, like, pretentious, like, it doesn't actually do anything? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably both. It okay. does actually do something. The idea is the oxygen basically just, like, unlocks the flavors a little bit more so you can smell more coming out of the glass and, okay, so that's in theory, real... so taste it a little So if I do that, I don't look like a, like a total loser. As long as you don't <laughs> spill it everywhere. Which the real that trick is, is, like, if you try to do it in the air, I mean, we're sloshing. You do it on the table. table. I've heard. Oh. I just learned this actually. Yeah, it truly it works. And are you supposed to hold it by the stem or can you hold it by the glass? You know, I do both. Does it matter? Okay. Because no. I feel like the stem, I'm just gonna dump you it. Can't yeah. Hold <laughs> chilled wine by the bowl, right? You can. It will make it warmer faster. Oh. 
So you got to drink it fast. That's, yeah. Amanda, you got to drink it fast. Yeah. I mean, I know Amanda doesn't have a problem with that. I'm not much of a drinker. Hey, now. I'm not like boozy. <laughs> You're such a boozer. Like I'm know. kidding. I'm Why? kidding. You're so not. Actually, none of us are. No, yeah, we're, we're, we're both members of the lightweight club. <laughs> we pretend. We try to join in and be like, yeah, yeah wine. We're definitely like, not 25. <laughs> no. No, even when I was 25, I don't think I drank. I wasn't either. No. I feel like I'm just reaching the college years where I'm just discovering alcohol. Like, I'll go to the bar and be like, what's something fruity with what do, gin? What do people drink? Yeah, what's an old-fashioned? I recently was in Montana shooting a movie, and I ordered an Amaretto Sour, only because I was at— this. I'm totally getting off track. But I was, I was ordering an Amaretto Sour because I went to Wyoming, and my husband ordered one while we were at a dude ranch. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is delicious. Like, yeah. I like anything super sweet. Yeah. So I downed the Amaretto Sour, and I had it every day I was in Wyoming, and I thought, this is a cowboy drink. So then I go to Montana to shoot a cowboy movie, and at a bar, I order an Amaretto Sour, and he goes, we don't have those fruity L.A. drinks here. And I was like, no, oh, wait, no, I've, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm a cowgirl. I was like, first of all, I'm offended that you think I'm from L.A., but I, um... I, I, I had this at a dude ranch last year in Wyoming. That, like, I thought this was like a mountain drink. Yeah. He's like, no. And I was, he's like, it's like, an old, it's like having a Manhattan or something. I was like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Bummer. just give me a gin and tonic then. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, I'll do a shot of whiskey. I love that you yeah. thought that was a, a mountain drink. I totally did because it's like what I had in the mountains. And now I relate it to like, I'm going horseback riding. Give me an Amaretto <laughs> Sour. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm just like seriously getting to like, I feel like I just reached 21 and I'm finally like, ooh, what can I drink? Yeah. <laughs> like I still feel like I'm going to get carded. Yeah. You might in Nashville. Oh, that's true. They, they do. part everybody. I learned that on my 45th yeah. birthday at Cracker Barrel <laughs> yeah. when I got a mimosa. Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I went, that was, that's the sad part. I went to Cracker Barrel on my 45th birthday and I was like, Amazing. I'll have a mimosa. And they're like, can we see your ID? I'm like, absolutely. Yes, you can. Happy Thank birthday you so to much. me. And then I learned it's like the, the yeah, city it's law. law. It is. It's unfortunate. <laughs> I didn't know that. So, you know, paying down debt can be super stressful, especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. But if you're tired of juggling due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. That way you'll have just one due date a month and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you could get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free. It won't affect your credit scores and could save you money. Ready to apply? All you have to do is head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Go to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. If you missed that, it's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma. Apply with more confidence today. Thanks, Credit Karma, for sponsoring What Women Binge. Okay, so let's talk about things you're, like, we're obviously a yeah, podcast about we, binging. We binge. What are you binging? Jumped on the Inventing Anna train a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm doing that too. Um, it is so impressive. I just think her acting is so impressive. It is. Yeah, her accent. Yes. I keep trying to copy that. I know. I'm Anna Dolby. I can't even, I don't even <laughs> I was pretty close. I was like, but she, it's sort of like German, but also like. There's that Hebrew in there and yeah. then a little bit of Valley Girl and yeah. a little like, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's a fascinating show. Bizarre. Um, I got to say, embarrassing one. I am going back and for the first time watching the entire Brothers and Sisters like 
drama Ooh, series. That's a really good it's show. It's so embarrassing. good. I don't know. That's yeah. a good one. Like, my, 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 my mom was like, that's a soap opera. I was like, I don't think it's a soap opera. Well, Who doesn't love their story? But it's a soap yeah, opera we love the in story. the sense of like a network television evening show. Like, in the in the same sense that I would say probably saying elsewhere or um like one of those older shows like not necessarily like Dallas or something like yeah. it's more well, it's, it's more meaty it, yes it's more like this is us like right? totally totally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I will not say meaty. I've really enjoyed it I think the acting's great I love the obviously Sally Field but the whole family dynamic and I think that part of cast. what I love about it now is like I do not want to go in a political place but the <laughs> way that our political landscape is so hateful right now mm-hmm. the way that they manage that within the family because it's a huge part of the yeah, plot is right. like they're half liberal and half republican and they joke with each oh, other but there's this again. such respect actually I really in like it, it. that yeah. I, like, our culture today could benefit from a couple brothers and sisters That's you know what i mean you know balthazar getty's in that right or at least in the first season i think, I so. think so yeah he's like we did a show together one? once and he's yeah yeah he's a he's, he's a type it, do i yes <laughs> Is he a John Travolta type? I don't know. No, not at all. But Balthazar, yeah, no, he's he was a sweetheart. We did a we did a comedy uh, pilot together, and I just yeah, it was hard not to like. He's just so charming, yeah, and he's so lovely, and he's he, when he got that it's show, the eyes. So proud of him. you have a thing, for yeah. Eyes. And it was funny though because I didn't know he was one of the Gettys, and he like I didn't know it was like Getty Getty. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't assume because someone's last name is something that it right. means that they're related to anyone that has the same last name, but um. He, because I would be related to Kevin Hart. Like, come on. That would be awesome. <laughs> but I know some people ask me that in the beginning. Are you related to Kevin Hart? But, and then there's Nancy Hart, right? The, no, um, Mary Hart, the, um, my other cousin. I have a cousin named Mary Hart. Mary Hart, the news anchor. Oh, yes, yes. But, um, but yeah, we were, we were literally like working together and I said, it's so funny that your last name's Getty. Like, imagine you're driving by the Getty and imagine that was yours and you'd be like, oh, that's my museum or You my. did not. Yeah. And one of our friends goes, that is his family. I was like, <laughs> what? Like, no. Sure. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't just assume because your last name's Getty that you. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. But anyway, he's yeah. So I remember him and bro- I only yeah. watched a few episodes of Brothers and Sisters, but I got to go watch that yeah. again. That's a really good that's point a, about and that it's not show. too. It, I mean, it, it's impressive. It has dark moments, but no, it's, it's not too dark. No, it's, it's pretty a, pretty you uplifting. Watch it before bed, kind of well, show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't watch the last episode of eighteen eighty three before bed. I haven't started yet. <sighs> it's rough. Oh, it's so good. It's if I could so play. Good. We mentioned this before we started recording any character it would like be the Beth Dutton character and oh, I know that yes. like the entire nation feels that way because playing bad she's is so, so but you also like, awesome she's so fierce for her family that you almost don't care that she's so awful except for her one brother else. except yes, for her one yes, brother right. what she did he hate I have not seen the show oh, you I'm gonna to, need you to tell me what did he wait until like episode there's 7 a, there's a good reason yeah I there's an like. episode about yeah. it. Okay. it it goes into it because she is brutal to him brutal and she's like British and dainty and sweet in real life. I didn't realize. She until, is? Yes. And I watched an interview and I was like, God, I'm more impressed now that uh, I see you in real life. I have, I have a shirt who that relates says, to Beth is like, you're Beth, tough. Well, Beth is, I, I have respect. I, so I have one of these, we have these new questions now and one of them is a villain you love yeah. to hate. And I think Beth is one of those. Like, totally. Not that she's a villain, but she also isn't a good girl. Like, no, she's, no. I mean, in that show, everybody's pretty much a villain except Casey. Right. So like, I just, but I have a shirt that says, what does it say? Live like John, love like Casey. Oh, something like Jamie, and then and then uh, uh, curse like Beth, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. So, or maybe yeah, it might have a bad word on it. But, Probably. Um, but it's such a that's a fun Yellowstone's a fun show. But you got to watch eighteen eighty three. Is a totally different style of show, really. And Faith Hill and I, we've said this so many times, oh, show, but like Faith Real Hill fast. and and um, 
Uh, her husband. Tim McGraw. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. That <laughs> They're one. They're so good. You really? know those people. They're so good. Isabel May, who plays like the, actually the lead, she's sort of the narrator of it. Yeah. She's brilliant and she rides that horse i mean she is that's awesome. i love that there's no stunts in it like she yeah. actually and they they just get gritty if somebody has been bitten by a snake they show what you do oh wow down to like you know someone's sucking the blood the the venom out of the leg like they show every bit that's they cool. have to like reset someone's leg cut someone's oh, leg gosh. up they show it nope. all nope yeah Mm-mm. amanda does not like that stuff but i love <laughs> no that they don't gl- nope. they don't glaze over stuff. yeah you know they sure. really like show you how it would be back then yeah it's just really the oregon trail basically it's just really interesting to me i would have died of dysentery but don't really don't watch that before bed you definitely have to watch yeah something you have you, to come you down palate cleanser yeah but so you think brothers and sisters you can yes I, it's yeah it's soft. is I mean, it a lot like this is us uh i i think so that was one i've only seen a couple of okay um i feel like it's more lighthearted than that like you yeah, you attach yourself heavy. to the characters for sure but the conflict is usually resolved by the end of the episode yes M- more than more than this is us yes oh really yes okay i was thinking it was a little darker like it's a little more deeper, episodic like blue bloods or something. yes it is yes i like that i gotta go back and watch that i'm glad you brought that yeah. up because i really solid choice i think yeah for sure how many how many seasons five or oh, six five, five or six <gasps> And that's network television, so that's like 20-something yeah. episodes a season. Oh, yeah, they're oh, lengthy. So there's a couple hundred of those, okay. Yeah. You yeah, say that for like sure. it's a bad thing. I know, but I just, I can't commit to things these days. It's 20 minutes at a time. I know. That's what a binge is about. Well, 20, no, this no, is they're an hour. 40. Are they 40? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Because 20 minutes of commercials. 42. Well, still. They were hours of television. Uh, yeah, my husband's almost through Blue Bloods. I'm very proud of him for that. He's yeah. Three more episodes of that. I feel like I just recently finished so many shows, so I'm like... We've been on a reading. Where do I start pick? again? Oh, we have been on a what reading. What are you reading? Pick. I am reading. Actually, I'm gonna. This might be one we have to look up, but I, it's a book about joy. I can't remember the exact title, um, but it's really, really cool, and it's essentially a transcribed and like narrated five to six, five to seven day conversation between the Dalai Lama and the Archbishop of South Africa. Ooh. And it's literally and Desmond Tutu. No. Yes, yes, Desmond Tutu. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember. His name. Just passed away. Um. And it was just it was them spending shy of a week together and with this reporter being a part of the conversation and them talking about joy and like the obstacles to joy and the ways to oh, facilitate. Is joy. this an older book? It's I just, don't think it's new, but I just someone just gets oh, it to me. The book of joy. The, the book, book of joy. joy. I have that. I've They're never both read on the it. Cover. It is so great. And I was thinking it was going to be very heady. But it's real easy to read. Really? Um, and they're kind of short chapters. It is a beautiful, it just makes you like happy about humanity. Oh, and it so, makes you hopeful. And oh, that's they're, so like, rare these days. I know. And it's also cool because the reporter like really describes their relationship and interactions well. And it's just so, so it's all, playful. It, they're like brotherly and like poke fun at each other. Really? I mean, it's, so just, it's just transcribed but, from their conversation. It's not, there's no fiction. Um, it's yeah. not like a. No. I mean, it's it's prose. It's not like transcribed technically but it's it's him you know reporting on their conversation That's awesome They're it's pretty cool a children's version of it oh really, really? <gasps> how do you know that amanda i know that. <laughs> thanks <laughs> it is a beautiful book it's uh, big the, That's I, really the, now i have to go dig through my massive yeah. bookshelf for yet another book to read like i, <laughs> I looked through my bookshelf yesterday and i was like oh i have so many i want to read like what's what, what's a book that you've been wanting to read that maybe you haven't I did see that um, Bob Goff just came out with a new book, mm-hmm. something about undistracted or. Yeah. Um, he brings hope and he brings faith in a way that's very easy and digestible, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just he makes you feel good about life, too. And I like that sort of like 
buoyant voice. Well, you just reminded me. So do you know who Catherine Wolf is? Do you yeah. know Catherine Wolf's story? So that feels like the opposite of your story in a way. Yeah. Right? Where, but like, so they have the Hope Heals um, ministry and she has a book, Hope Heals. I think there's going to be a movie someday soon about Hope Heals. And um, do you, have you, have you, I don't know them her or? story. No, I don't really know she much about stroke. her story. She had a stroke. She had an aneurysm. Aneurysm. Six months after giving birth to her first child and she was in the hospital because my church, she went to my church in L.A., Bella Presbyterian. I hadn't met her, but a friend of mine knew her really well. And we were asked as a mom's group to cover her in prayer for 24 hours. And um, I took the 2 a.m. because I just had a baby, so I was breastfeeding. And I took the 2 a.m. spot to pray. But it's actually how I kind of feel like I learned. to. Pray. I was raised Catholic, and mm-hmm. so I always did like Our Father, Hail Mary. Yeah. And I didn't. When I got through those, I didn't know what to do for the rest of the hour. Yeah. Like the other, what am I going to do for the other 58 minutes of this prayer that mm. I have to do for an hour in yeah. the middle of the night while I'm feeding my baby? Um, and it's kind of where I feel like I taught myself to yeah. pray a little bit, like where I dug deep and I figured yeah. out what to, where to go with my prayer a little bit. It's sort of where I feel like I discovered prayer really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and your story though is sort of the opposite where like her, she came out of the coma. She, um, you know, was on a path to healing. She had another baby later on. Um, but your story is really interesting in like the fact that hers, it's like, in a sense, you know, you could say the prayers were answered. Yeah. And in yours, like, I know you talked about like, it felt like they weren't yeah. like that you guys did everything that you yeah. were such a diligent prayer person, faithful person, you know, and all that. And so it's an interesting, um, I don't know, it's just, it's just an interesting story. And, and I love both of them are yeah. just so important and so great. And I didn't know if you'd ever read her book, Hope. No, but I definitely will. Yeah, it's a, a she's she's an interesting. She goes around and speaks now. I think she moved to I think she moved to Georgia. Hmm. Um, but it's weird because while we were praying for her in our church out there in L.A., I brought up her name to my in-laws in Alabama, and they were praying for her at their church because her father-in-law was the pa- their pastor. Oh, baptized wow. my nephew. I think so she's not from crazy. Alabama, right? She's from. Or is he? Uh, he's from Alabama. Yeah. Jay, her husband. Um, but yeah, and so um, she's been, you know, on this journey of she's never completely healed uh, and she's disabled and uh, and it's been getting progressively worse, I think. But um, but you can follow her on like Instagram yeah, and stuff. But she has amazing. a great book and an interesting ministry. I love that. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, and how she still struggles every day with, you know, finding the hope mm-hmm. behind what happened yeah. to her and stuff. So it's. That's another. That's it. You just reminded me of that. I don't. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I'll be Amazoning as I. Yep, yeah. The good car. Yeah. I'm. I'm on a novel kick still. You're reading like a book a day. I'm shocked at you. <laughs> I got hooked on this app called Dream, and it's for authors, and they create books in real time. So they write like a chapter at a time and publish it. Mm-hmm. So you that's find cool. books that you're into, and some of them are completed now, but a lot of times you just get whatever they're at. Yeah. And uh, so I got really hooked into these werewolf novels, and I, I don't know. But right now, I'm on, like, a You're young adult so fiction. Did you finish fiction. Addie LaRue? Oh, have you read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue? No. That's the one to start <laughs> with. That is the one to start with. I haven't started it yet. It is so good. We just started a book club, and I'm I'm already so failing because she's already four <laughs> books ahead of me. If I nobody need, has— I need a month to read a book. You can't give me, like, two days. <laughs> I mean, come on, girl. Get with it. It took me like five years to get through Great Gatsby. All right. Slow I down. Mean, it took me one, one day. She was like, will you read it with me? I was like, yeah. And I, the next day I was like, that was horrible. I read it in <laughs> high school. Horrible. And it was, it wasn't what she remembered. No. I, so yeah. in high school, I remember it being like put on this pedestal and I felt so sympathetic for Daisy uh-huh. and reading it again as an adult who, you know, 
has kind of had to work through life and, yeah. you know, make things for herself. You're just like, oh, it's funny when you punch look at- her in the nose. <laughs> yeah, the difference between your teen. Like, I want to go back and read Catch on the Rye because yeah. I feel like, how has that changed as an adult? Yeah. I don't know. I have so many opinions, like, like here's about the these books that I'm like, is it everything going to change now because I grew up? I think so. Like, I mean, I mean, one of my favorite movies when I was a teenager was Mommy Dearest because Joan Crawford seems so awful. It's terrible. No, no wire hanger. And, you know, she's, she seems like so abusive and so awful. And now as a mom, I look back and I'm like, of she goes, I'm she not mad at you. Yeah. I'm mad at the dirt. And she's trying to clean her. She cleans her own house. She's, yeah, she's yelling at the housekeeper, but she's down on her hands and knees with the toothbrush scrubbing the floor. I mean, and when she, she gets mad, handled it better. She takes an axe and she goes and cuts down the rose garden. Like she doesn't, she takes it out on the children with the wire hangers. But from what I understand, those children were pretty terrible. Yeah. But she also, they don't talk about the fact that she adopted a million other children. Like, she adopted a whole family of children that didn't want anything to do with this book and this, like, movie that they created. They, like, put her in a terrible light. She adopted little Christina, and then she had this huge birthday party for her, a festival out back. And she takes uh, the—she was only allowed to pick one toy to keep out of the whole—and the rest are going to go to the orphanage. And it makes it—I mean, as a kid, I was like, she is awful? What a terrible human being. And I'm like, no, you just had a massive birthday party. You get a present, and everybody else gets presents at the orphanage. Like— that makes sense. Now as yeah. an adult, I'm like, yes, we are doing that. You're going to have a book party. The books are going to go to the library. Like That's so funny. You know, and now I look at it totally different. But there's so many. Do you have anything I'm like afraid. that? I'm afraid. Well, I wonder, like, I really fell in love with literature reading, like Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice. Oh, yes. And it was just a very timely thing because I just started studying writing in college and, like, learned that she was 19 when she wrote it and I was like right around 19 and it was kind of just this pump up like if Jane can do it I can yeah. do it and so I'm kind of that's one of those where I was like I would love to go back and read it now with an adult perspective but I, I'm kind of fearful of that same thing is like am I gonna- I don't know if Jane ever Emma I, I mean Emma, Emma is clueless so well Emma you yeah. kind of want to punch in the nose that's the point yeah you know I did go back what did I read was it Pride and Prejudice I recently read again um I went to Bath on a trip like maybe four or five years ago and so I was in, like, Jane Austen's oh, yeah. home territory and, like, going through. I read some of her other stuff that I'd never read, like, little short stories and stuff. Um, actually, I think there's one. I think a movie's being made. Is it Persuasion? One of her smaller books, I think, is oh. being made. Oh, although I think that was Persuasion a was my first one. I loved it. Really? Yes. But there's, like, a, a there's a short, some short stories, and they're great. But, um, but, yeah, I think I read it, and the girls are a little, like, you know, they're sassy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. back then, that wasn't done. Yeah. So oh, no. I yeah. think it still holds. I think, I think it still so. holds. I think so. All right, challenge. We're all going to reread a childhood book again. I love that idea. Uh, I know, but which and one? And report back. I don't know. I'm going to be really choosy because if you ruin my favorites, then I'm going to be really <laughs> sad. Uh, I just read 1983 a few years ago. Um, that was an in- That's an interesting one to read right before a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, With what's going cryptic. on in the world and everything. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, read Addie LaRue. What was the other one we just read? Uh, in Five Years. Oh, that was a read, great one. That was a really okay. good one. Um, I'm in the middle of Wish You Were Here right now. Which I'm about to Which read. is actually really, it's it takes place during the start of the pandemic. It's literally like, oh, wow. she's that leaving on a, she thinks she's going to get engaged with her boyfriend while they're in Galapagos, but he's a, he's a, uh, works at a hospital. And so as the pandemic hits New York, she leaves without him. And so she gets stuck during the pandemic oh, in on an island in Galapagos and he's stuck in New York and they can't communicate. So it's, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting, I mean, a quick I, I'm only a to write it in. and get it published. I mean, yeah, <laughs> really? seriously, it's true. That's true. Yeah. It's either and a really good book or the girl had to hook up. 
Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Well, it's Jody Picoult. Uh, what's her name? Picoult, oh, who's oh, you love her? Yes, I read all her books like in high school. Really? Yes, most of them. I had never. I, I was looking through the list, going, "How come I don't know any of these?" Yeah, I feel like I probably do, but I couldn't name the title of one at this moment. But yes, you guys are both a lot younger than me, so I can't. I don't know. I guess it wasn't a. Yeah, I did Jane Austen, but that that's about where I stopped. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm definitely not rereading the Bell Jar. Did y'all have to read that in high school? Mm. I don't think so. No. I just reread The Outsiders. Oh, I love I, I'm the doing Outsiders. these books for my kids. Mm-hmm. So I just did The Outsiders, and that was really great. I still liked reading that. I'm still shocked we read that in high school, though, that my kids are like having to read that in a way. And then I just I think we read, read that in middle school. Uh, Outsiders? Yeah. Yeah, that's what my, it was my middle schooler who read that. And now my high schooler is having to read Raisin and Sun. So I just read that play. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Now I want to go watch uh, Denzel in it or Sydney Poitier, like, and see the performances in it because it's so. It, it you know the play when you read the when you read it as a play and I'm trying to explain to my son I'm like because he doesn't read these books so that's why I read it so I can test him on it make sure he's yeah, reading yeah. it but I was like it's a play you don't have to read all the stage direction it's like reading a script yeah I don't read all the stage direction I read the lines and if I have to I'll be like oh where'd she go oh she left the left door okay uh-huh. good you know so there's a lot of stage direction in it so it's actually kind of a quick read but um but it's interesting and you just hear their voices that writer is so good at um making their, their their voices really come out. Each individual character has their own distinct voice, and it's really nice. How do you feel as an actress when a book is made into a movie? Are you excited or are you cringing? Um, you know what's or funny? I'm excited usually, and then I don't really like them. So I don't watch them anymore. <laughs> I feel like that's how a lot of people feel. I don't really watch them. I, have I to say, still like, get excited because you want... I, I think as a read, I read like I'm watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's all playing out in my head, which I think is pretty normal for people. Yeah, yeah. But I, so I see it and to see other people's perspective of it, even if it's not as good as mine. Yeah. You know, I feel Hunger like. Games, Hunger Games held up, I, I think. Was, that was the first thing that was going to be out of my mouth. Yeah. I mean, that was. And Harry Potter. I, oh, I loved Katniss Everdeen. Like yeah. it's like Beth Dutton. Like oh, Katniss oh, Everdeen. Yeah, like yeah. for different reasons. Yeah. Well, I have to say though, I was disappointed. Like when the character doesn't look the way you imagined mm, yeah. them in when you were reading them. Like Peta to me was like a bigger, stronger, more striking. Like kind of oddball, but he was like I don't know. I didn't think of him as wimpy. I guess, yeah. and it was played sort of wimpy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really appreciate that. <laughs> Woody Harrelson is one of my favorite characters in that entire series. Yeah, and um, uh, Elizabeth Hilarious. Banks character. Yes, what's her name again? Now? Um, Effie. 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 Phenomenal. Effie in the book is yeah. phenomenal, and she does bring her to life pretty yeah. well. And and just like that, in that case, the capital. Yeah. And what they wore, the, the hair. Yeah, it's, and it's so cool. Yeah. So the Hunger Games, I love that. And then during the pandemic, my kids wanted to watch. We did these movie, um, uh, uh, like marathons and at first I think it was like John Candy and we did Tom oh Tom Hanks was like the first celebrity to have coronavirus right so we did a Tom Hanks marathon <laughs> so fun yeah we only got through like maybe five or six of his movies before we moved on but, but then, she skipped that thing you do how do yeah. you skip that thing wasn't you really, do <laughs> that wasn't really thank you that was the vibe you were going for um, with the kids you know I wasn't sure that it was for them and it wasn't on my list like yeah. I made the list off the top of my head what it was a Slash yeah. it was I'd never seen Castaway 
Oh, wow. It was big. Mm-hmm. It was, you oh, know, so some big. of the like classics that I yeah. watched over and over again. Also, I remembered, I, you know, you have to remember with the kids, you have to really get them in in the beginning. So if there's a mermaid, mm. naked mermaid on the shore of the beach, <laughs> yeah. they might watch, you know, yeah. and John Candy's throwing coins underneath the girl's skirt. <laughs> like that's funny to them and they'll watch. So you have to hook them right away. And I'm not sure that thing you do would really do that. But then we went into, they wanted to watch Maze Runner, which is actually, I don't know if you've read those books or watched those movies. I haven't read the books, but I do have them on my shelf. But I haven't, but the, but it's about kids being used as to t- try to find the cure for a pandemic. <laughs> so oh, I didn't know that. Ooh. Yeah, so it's like it turns out that what they're doing yeah, in the maze close to home. is they're stressing out the kids to see if stress hormones help their blood cells to be able to create a, a, a vaccine yeah. for this disease that's eating up the world. That's wild. So, But the disease turns people into like zombies or something like that. Yeah. So, um, so you got like three or four movies there where you're having to watch like basically what's on unf- what could possibly be unfolding in the That's world. That's crazy. So I was like, you know what? If you guys can watch this, you're ready for Hunger Games. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's the first time I let my kids watch the movies and then we went back and read the yeah. books. And so it was actually kind of nice. I made my son keep notes. Um just on a little index card, I'd make him write down what happened when he read a chapter of the book. What was the difference between this and what yeah. happened in the movie? Yeah. Or, you know, and so it was fun to go through it with him like that That's again. That's what I like about the Harry Potter ones too. Is yeah. that there there's so much in the books that could not put into the movies. And so going through and being like, oh, I wish they had done that part instead of this or, you know, vice versa. Oh, I'm yeah. glad they did this instead of that. And during the pandemic, it was hard to get my kids to do the work and not really knowing, especially the older ones in the middle school and high school levels. It was like all their work's coming through online. and I can't really see it or know what's going on. So or what they're really expected to do. So I knew he had to do a book report. And I was like, well, here's what we're going to do. You watch the movies. Now, as we read the book, you're going to keep a little note. And I thought I was being brilliant about like, then when all you have to do is go through each note card and you got your book report, mm-hmm. put that all together and you got a book report. But, you know, my kids, they don't they don't think like we do, do they? It didn't like, work exactly as planned. No. And, and they're boys. <laughs> boys, you know, not always very organized. Yeah, yeah, so. to say the least. But um, so what about any movies? Have you watched any movies recently? I was going to say on the book to movie topic, I saw the new Redeeming Love um, oh, yeah. It, like oh, the yeah. day it came out. I heard- love that book. That was a childhood that I reread during the pandemic mm-hmm. because a girlfriend of mine saw it on my shelf and was like, what's that? And I was like, oh, my gosh, you've never read this. I went back through it. And um, I thought they did a really good job. I don't have a professional opinion. I have only a, a layperson opinion. But there was well, a I lot a left out. I too. Oh, really? I thought. That's but what our friend Angela Lanter, Angela who's Lanter, on before, who's, too. Yeah. yeah. She said they left a lot out. But I she was really they, disappointed with it. I think they Hollywooded it up a little bit. Like, I think a lot of the struggle uh, with intimacy that Angel had with Michael was sort of glossed over and made a little prettier. And that's kind of what I wanted to see. Uh-huh. But that was my only disappointment. I still loved it. The soundtrack's amazing. Lauren yeah. Daigle's, like, song will make you weep. And I thought the characters... I thought the main characters they chose were were pretty good. Yeah. yeah. What about have you? Um, I just went blank. Let's talk about music. <laughs> I was gonna ask because you come from a musical family. We we have to address. Yes. Hmm, what are you see. into right now? Do you want to hear the? This is true, and it's the lamest answer. And I don't even know when he made this album, but did you know that Lionel Richie did a country album with oh, really? like country artists? What? It's called Tuskegee. But is this recent? I honestly don't know. I just started listening to it because a friend of mine loves it. And okay. it's like Willie Nelson is with him on Easy, like Sunday oh. morning. 
Jason Aldean's in it. Um, I'm trying to think some of the other ones. Blake Shelton does the great uh, You Are. I don't know. I just think it's really fun. And I think really? being from Nashville and like hearing. I have a slight memory of this coming out. How it works together. It I, don't, I don't think it's recent. It was like 10 years ago. Yeah. But I we went to see Jimmy Buffett and he brought Lionel Richie out. And now and they did a song? this is yeah. ringing a bell. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, wait. Super random. now makes sense. And but you're I really into fun. it right now. I like it. It feels like. How many okay, songs is on it? We're going into summer. Like it's kind of groovy. Yeah. It's kind of country. I think it's like 10, 10 or 11. So maybe. you like country music? Yes. <laughs> well, if she didn't, there'd be a problem. Hey, it's she in the could, jeans. She could. That could be one of her secrets that goes in the jar. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the. You secret. have to do a secret. <laughs> what if you were like, I really hate, hate music. music. <laughs> I think no. I had a phase in middle school where I rebelled against it because I was like, I don't have to like this, and went through a very weak rap phase. I was like, oh, oh, anyway, she didn't even go emo. Phase. No, no, she, no, no. Just, it was like just ti over, like, just like yeah. the House of Pain uh-huh. and M and M's. Yeah, like, I mean like that. Nelly. Come on, it's yeah, like white yeah, girl yeah, rap. yeah, yeah, yeah. And loved it, but I also played sports, so it was like pump up jams, oh, that's you right, know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm but learning yeah, that when my kids are like my kids are starting to play football and one of my favorite things is like when they when when it's at our home field we have a DJ or I guess there's like a DJ they like yeah. play certain bits of songs yeah. and it's like probably my favorite part of football. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell my kids. The music. <laughs> yeah. Cuz they're not out my kids haven't yet been on the field enough for me to actually, you know, be paying attention to the actual game. So I'm yeah. more into I've I've never sat and watched cheerleaders before. So I'm watching you grew up here, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting there watching cheerleaders going like now I think I've memorized every cheer there oh, ever was yeah. after one season of Could football. do it with them. Oh my gosh, but I'm like I just can't understand the one that goes you've got to work and work and work and work and work. And all they do is like kick their legs slightly behind them and that's the move. I'm like who came up with that dance move? Yeah. Like I wanted to be a dancer growing up but I studied but I didn't study dance but like I took dance until I was very yeah, seriously until I was like 15. Yeah. Oh, they do have to do push-ups every touchdown, and our that team sucks. was getting in the 80s. Yikes. We were scoring a lot this year. But they it's so funny, though, that work and work and work and work. Yeah. And I just watch them and go, that's so bizarre. Yeah. What a weird dance move that is. We can do more than that. Yeah. I was like, can I get down there and, like, show you guys a little, like, I don't know, hip-hop something? <laughs> oh, do you know some hip-hop? <laughs> hey, some girl, tap dance? I can, yeah. I can twerk better than <laughs> Okay. If that's true, we're going to need you yeah, to prove it. Yeah, we're going to have to do that. <laughs> you see the drop challenge? Yeah. Oh, you actually did way better. I didn't than do most very good us. on that one. I can do better. I can do better. I need to do another. Are you drop into challenge. social media drop- at all? Honestly, not a ton. I'm I'm on Instagram, and but that's really much. Well, listen, much I just got I a do. tutorial on TikTok because yeah. apparently I don't do it very well. So yeah. TikTok called me and said, "Can we help you?" So if you need some help, <laughs> I would. I've would got love some TikTok four one one on TikTok <laughs> tips. I've got some tips to share. If you have no rhythm, can you be on TikTok? Apparently you can. Oh, yes. I think that would immediately eliminate me. They, well, that would be I, kind of I funny. have zero rhythm. You could be like the Celeste Barber of TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like do the do Just it like redoing really everyone off. else's. Yeah. Like make it really bad. Like wear ridiculous yeah, wear ridiculous outfits. <laughs> like dance totally offbeat. Like that'd be kind of hilarious. I'm for it. I kind of like I support it. Support this. Do like a Britney like a Britney ripoff. Like do everything that Britney does, but like, in the red <laughs> jumpsuit. The oops, I did it spin. again. Jumpsuit, yeah. which my little sister totally had and wore like every day for a year. Really? Oh yeah, she's a great dancer. Oh, though. Gosh. Oh my gosh. In '90s con, we had. It was just at '90s con a few weeks ago, and um, everybody was like, there was like a lot of Britney outfits. Yeah. I couldn't tell if they were Britney or Clueless though. Which yeah. Is funny, like the little schoolgirl. Uh-huh. Unless they had the pink pom poms in their hair, you're like. That clues or is that? Yeah, one? I mean, that pick a lot of crossover way. there. Yeah, Speaking well, we of, have a few questions we got to ask. All right, what is your favorite movie genre? 
rom-com 100 percent. so lame oh you're no, a big it's sweet home movies. alabama sweet home alabama oh. and father of the bride are in my little movie room on my wall oh. we're gonna be best friends we had i can tell i just love it well, all if you haven't them. listened to our episode with kim paisley she talks all about father of the bride oh, really? and father of the bride's the reason why she met brad i didn't know that oh it's a bizarre another book you have to read Hers her book. is great. Yes, yes. her book I, is really wonderful. But she but talks it, about her romance in it. She talks about her romance. And it's so, I was like, I had no idea. It's because, like, he had another girl and he, liked they went to the movie together, the first one. So when the second one came out, he thought he would reunite with her, waiting oh. for her in the theater to but watch Father the Bride too. And then somehow he, like, ran into, I think he sought out Kim and, like. Wow. Yeah. That is a is cool story. Funny? I love that. I had no idea. Such a Such a romantic story. Um, what's your go-to app for a flight or like a long wait at the DMV? So lame, but I like the New York Times crossword. Oh, are you a Wordle player? I, yes, I am a Wordle player. I, I've taken a, we're on a break. We're on Wordle a- and I are on a break. Uh-oh. Oh, I just started. Um, <laughs> I was giving way too much time to it in the morning and I was like, I need to like take some space for you know, this. I just heard about a woman. I don't know if this is true or not. This might be complete rumor that she sends her Wordle score. My family sends their Wordle scores uh-huh. every morning. I don't know how to play the actual Wordle. I have a fake app that I play. That's not the real thing. I'm but, no, it's not you. the real thing. I think I have that one too. But, okay, Just I love that fun. one. It's, it's easier and it makes me feel good about myself. Yeah, you can yeah. do it over and uh-huh. over. You can get yeah. it wrong and still be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my family, you know, a few of them will send their Wordle scores in the morning. And apparently this woman, her her kids got worried about her because she didn't send her Wordle score that morning and they went to check on her. She was being held hostage in her basement or something like Shut that. Shut up. Yeah, like... Wordle saves lives. Wordle saves her life. Wild. Is that amazing? That is amazing. Also, Spelling Bee on the New York Times game. Oh, that's really fun too. I don't know that one. I just have to show me this app. I just learned this one over spring. Is it an app or is it like? No, it's on on the website. Okay, I don't go to websites. I don't understand. Um, What's a TV villain you love to hate besides Beth? Oh, you got to give us a different one. Dang, I shouldn't have said that before. Um, (laughs) Is there a villain on Brothers and Sisters? Um, not really. I'm trying to think. I know I can't really come up with many. Oh, I don't I can think watch of a lot of. I watch. I'm a rom com girl. I watch yeah. happy shows. I mean, inventing Anna. Who's the Who's the villain there? <laughs> I think Anna. I, yeah, it's definitely her. <laughs> She's the perpetrator. Yeah, that is true. I will say this is not a character, but um, I love seeing Meryl Streep play not the villain, but like. The hard character, like Ooh. the Devil Wears Prada. Yes, Did you, was she? And, she plays the president, and in, then that one is yeah. What I'm don't about. look up. Yeah, the one about the oh, she's comet. so good in that with her hair. Hilarious. She's fabulous. Yes. She's like the president. She's like, she's... when are midterms? Hold on, is this going to be good for my? It's like, yeah. no, there's a planet killer coming towards <laughs> us. You have to handle this, Madam she President. Was by far my favorite part of that movie. She was fantastic. Her and uh, Jonah Hill. Oh yeah. my gosh, as and her son. Is that her son? Uh-huh. So funny. <laughs> oh, his Birkenbag. <laughs> Yeah, fantastic. So good. Um, all right, what is oh, uh, what is a TV show that you gave up on? Um, The Queen's Gambit was the one about chess, and everyone really loved it. And I don't, it just, I couldn't get, I couldn't do it. Like really? I did, I did about four of them, and I think it was just, I wanted a little relief. Like it was just very dark to me it and was. heavy. Yeah. And I just needed a little bit of a. I didn't a make lift. it to episode two. I yeah. totally feel that. Yeah. No. See, I think I also I remember watching it with a real director's eye and really loving the cinematography yes. and the lighting and the it's way they beautifully done. It is beautiful. Apparently, done. they apparently what they did was they would find a piece of a set and they would like and they took a photo. The director and the DP took a photo of like a. Uh, an area of a hotel they were staying in and they mimicked the whole movie on that. Mm. That would be their lighting. That would be their color palette. That would be like, 
everything well, that they did. And I just really loved the the cinematography, the, the angles, the lighting, the, yeah. the set deck. It was it was to me it was visually stunning. Yeah. So even if when the story was lacking a little, I could still pull from that. Totally guess, see that. Um, what is a book that you suggest everybody should read once? The Bible, obviously. Obviously. Um, Limits on Friday, obviously. Yes. Um, no, I really, I, I think the joy, what's it called? The title? The joy book? The book of joy. Yes. I love that. I think it doesn't matter what your faith background is, if at all. And even, you know, there's such richness to it and yeah. there's such hope to it. Um, I just love it. Wow. This is like your new favorite it thing. It is. It's my I new love favorite it. thing. And that's, really... what that's what you're binging. I love yeah, it. I am. I, I love it. Um, what is uh, a show that, um, what's like a go-to show, a show you watch every night when like there's something that, you know, you just like, you don't know what to put on. You don't have time to start something new. You yeah. don't feel like getting into inventing Anna. You only <laughs> have like 20 minutes till you know you're going to pass out. It's Friends. It's always been Friends. It's always been Friends. I know. That's ours too. The best. It's, it's just literally never not funny. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. No matter how many times you see and it. And you can lay in bed and I know it so well that I don't even need to watch it. I just hear the mm-hmm. dialogue and like I laugh think that's the like thing. a You loser. can fall asleep and you yeah. know where it's going, but it's... you want to stay and watch Pivot. You yeah. know, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. You want to yeah. stay and watch Monica's hair and yeah. she's in the Caribbean. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, all right. What is, uh, do you have a favorite radio station? That's what I was laughing before. I don't listen to the radio much yeah. anymore. I don't know um, many people do. For the country music lovers, if you're in Nashville, 95.5 is my favorite because they play the oldies too. They play like 80s, 90s stuff. Um, But yeah, classic country on Sirius. Um, I like the Willie Nelson Roadhouse Mm -hmm. station too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a little more, it has more like Texas country kind of vibes to it too. I'm going to make up a new question just because of who your daddy is. Um, What's your dad's favorite song? Oh, what's your favorite song by your dad? So I love all the ballads like the old like 90 91 there's one called wanted um that's like the story of a guy taking out a newspaper ad for the woman that he wants and i've always loved the song i just love the music and it's like an old the video is an old like black and white western type narrative oh, don't you miss videos yeah and i just i think especially now with like being in 2022 and with just online dating apps all the time. I think there's so much nostalgia toward it now, too. It's like, this is a newspaper ad looking for the right woman. How random, too. Like, newspaper, imagine trying to find a guy on a newspaper. Well, hey, they would be 85 years old. Yeah. I don't think anyone... No, I know, but can you imagine doing that? Like, nowadays, we have so much visual... We're, like, Googling people and, like, Instagram stalking. Except that you see them and you can Instagram stalk them and you yeah. can, you know, you can Google them and you can see if they have a record or LinkedIn or whatever. Like there's all these different ways to like spy it's on wild. them. wild. Know what they look like, how they sound, what they like yeah. back then. It's like you get like three things. Like I like pina coladas and getting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and drunk in the rain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is uh, a movie that you walked out of or shut off? Bird Box. Oh, yeah. I, yet. I was couldn't. I don't do well with. I, I have to have light movies. I, yeah. Something about my mind won't. It won't process out what I've seen and it will haunt me. This yeah. is your this is your and person. It's, it's I, also pretty. Un, I mean, obviously, it's very unrealistic, yeah. but it was it. I'll give it to you. I later went back and finished it because I have a really hard time once I'm invested and I will give it props. The last three minutes <laughs> it were, redeemed itself were redeemable but yeah. the rest of the 120 minutes that it was i was 
so Griffin. mad my sister made me turn it on. <laughs> I haven't watched that one yet, and I love Sandra Bullock. Not because like, it's she's bad, my but because it's not for me. It's not yeah. for you. Yeah. What's the one with the where they can't see? No, that's the one that's, they can't see. What's the one they can't speak? Um, that uh, John Krasinski and um, you're asking Emily Blunt. I don't watch these. You just did a second one. What? Did, come on, guys. What's it called? Quiet Place. So there's a Quiet right. Place and Bird Box. So one's like they're yeah. blind and one's like they can't speak. Yeah. And I haven't seen either of them just because, I don't know, they seem a little torturous in a way. Yeah, no, it's tough. It, I, I have a hard time with any of those things. So I'm like, this is, it doesn't happen in real life, yeah. but it could. Yeah. That's not entertainment to me. Right. It's like horror. Makes yes. No sense Did you ever right. see the show C with Jason Momoa mm-hmm. on Apple? No. I always wanted to watch that. It's about a, a, like everybody in the future is blind. And uh, but then uh, he I think his babies are born. He's like a king of some sort or something. And he has twins and they're born. One of them, I think, is born with sight, but they're not allowed to talk about it. It's like against the rules. Oh, wow. But I don't know how they know the baby sees because they can't, they can't see. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I never got past the first one. I think I fell asleep halfway through and was like, yeah, it was a little slow going at the beginning yeah. and a little brutal. Yeah. Um. All right. Movie. Oh, no, I already said that. I asked you that one. A book you've read more than once or like maybe there's a book like Amanda has to read a certain book every year. Right. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I love that one. And then there's one by uh, Lisa Turkhurst called It's Not Supposed to Be That Way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it is about her season of separation in her marriage that ended up reconciling. But when she wrote the book, they were separated. So she had no idea. Um, it is so powerful. And like, it, it's sort of what we were talking about earlier in reverse. I read it after Ben died and it still resonated so much with me because it was her grappling with, am I going to lose my marriage too? It was just from the perspective of, are we going to divorce or work it out kind of thing? Interesting. It's a beautiful book for anyone. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'll check that one out. I just realized we never even brought up your fashion line. Oh, oh Nashville. Yes. We need to talk about How do you about say it? Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. So it's fashion line is a generous word. It's really just an apparel brand for women. So we do. I'm an athleisure girl. I would be in leggings if I'd known we were going to wear cozy socks all the yes, time. You, came um, jeans. you got my whatever Tuesday best, whatever it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what we do. It's it's shirts, hats, sweat, sweaters, you know, coffee tumblers, whatever. Oh, we got to wear some. Um, I'm wearing we some need to get that Cameron Beret right now. That but are, I need to get some. I'll get oh, yeah. Some we'll send all some stuff. No, no, no. We'll. Um, but yeah, because it's it, all but it about supports, women, um, all about Nashville. Yeah. It supports so we, orphans and orphans, widows and trafficking survivors. So we have nonprofit partners that serve those different, um, groups and that's who we give back to financially. And then we, you know, advocate for them too, and just people try to get online? more information. That, what's the best mm-hmm. way for people to nashville.com okay. and Nashville on so Instagram. She it's spelled like yeah. Nashville with an, with an e, e in the middle, in the middle, yes. like she S H E. Yeah. So we need to know how many unread emails. <laughs> oh, I'm a nut about this. Oh, like you you stay on yeah. top of it? Oh, okay. All right, because Amanda this and I are on opposite. where our personalities are going to differ. Yep. Okay. Amanda and I are on opposite Thank ends you. of the spectrum. Let's see. I'm a very, I try to, although mine is pretty high right now. Do you want to hear mine? Mine's a little scary. Legitimately 10. Oh, wow. Oh, my. She beats you. I'm like, it's it's kind of a neurosis to the point where I don't need, I need to like step away and just delete like I went two days without two or three days. I have a hundred two or three times a day, right now and it's making me crazy. At least it's not like forty two hundred. Like that. I I know. I won't even. I can't even look at her phone. <laughs> I'm currently. No, this one had ninety two thousand. I had ninety two thousand. You That's say insane. it like it's a bad thing. It is, Amanda. How do you find the ones you're supposed to read? Exactly. They're just on top. Wait, she ignores I'm... all the ones below. Right. No. Oh. <laughs> at least you have a system. It's... 
Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank the system you. is go through the other 97,000 yeah. so you know what you're missing. <laughs> she got mad at me because she was like, we're going to clean them out. And she would text me, it's Sunday. I'm going through the W's. What are you doing? <laughs> and that What are you at right now? So <laughs> don't judge me. Uh, I'm currently at 2,325. Okay, we need to work on that. That's but manageable. If it gets above all that, I have to do is have hit a problem. select all. Mark not red. do that because what if you're missing something important? I'm not. What if there's a uh, an old friend in there you didn't even know about? Okay, for example, the movie Coda that came out just last year, right? That's like nominated for all the awards. It's about the family of um, the, the children living with deaf parents, and um, and there uh, the girl who directed it, the woman Sean Heder, who directed it, she. And I used to be in a, we were in a play together a long time ago in Santa Monica, like this tiny little, it wasn't even like a real theater. It was like a little playhouse. We were just doing a presentation of a show and um, we became friends and she went with me to a cooking class there. She met Alexander Payne, the producer who suggested she go to AFI. She went to AFI film school. And from there, she's become like now an award winning, oh, wow. like writer, producer, but if I wasn't checking my emails, I wouldn't have seen that she wrote to me recently and said, Melissa, <laughs> and now she wouldn't be who she is, is today. No, but she wrote she, <laughs> just just a month ago or so. She was like, hey, I don't know if this is still your email address, but I want to thank you for taking people always ask me, how did you get started? And I say, Melissa Joan Hart took me to a cooking class where I met <laughs> Alexander Payne, who sent me to AFI. So she's like, so <gasps> thank you. So and I was like, that is so sweet. But if I didn't check my emails, I Amanda, do check them. That's the thing. OK, I do. Okay, then we need to get you unsubscribed from some things. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. (laughs) At least 2,000 businesses we have to unsubscribe you. All right, before we finish up, we're going to do a quick this or that. Oh, cool. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, these are new ones. These are new. I got all the new questions. Get ready. How's it feel to be a guinea pig? I'm ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, documentary or reality? Mm, Documentary. Comedy or tragedy? Comedy. Wordle or Sudoku? We know this one. Wordle. Oh, Sudoku makes me want to cry. <laughs> I don't even touch it. Are we a whiskey girl or a cocktail girl? Which we know the real answer to this, too. Whiskey. Oh, I thought she was going to say wine. Oh, oh well, well, you're in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Elvis or the Beatles? Oh, Elvis. Surf or turf? Surf. Uh, movie theater or movie at home? Oh. <sighs> I still love the theater. Yeah, I do. I do too. I hope they make it. Oh, this one is not even a question. Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Duh. I, just, I mean, maybe once in a while there'll yeah. be a Pepsi person and we yeah. need to know that. Oh, no, sorry, right. Amanda. She doesn't like my questions. No, I do like your questions. Pepsi but that people one is welcome like, if, they say, if they say Pepsi, I'm going to question their character. <laughs> I might like Pepsi better. I'm just saying. It's a little sweeter, I think. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, outside or inside? Outside. Weights or cardio? We didn't even talk about exercising. Uh, cardio. Yeah. Are you an exerciser? Mm-hmm. Are you, you an, an exerciser? I love that. The, I love that question. Are you an specifically? Are you an athlete? I knew that. You said you were. I, I still think I'm an athlete. Um, for sure, I was about ten years ago. What do you? What is? What's your workout of choice now? I used to run a lot and quit doing that in like my mid twenties, but now I'm all uh, spin and kickboxing. Oh, okay. We have to go to spin. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll have to do some spin. We, we like it. to do Orange Theory. Yeah. I've never tried it. I hear great. We just, really we just, I mean, just took our first class in like December and then yeah. became hooked. Now yeah. I go all the time. <laughs> we really like it. And we do spin sometimes and then hot yoga, which she loves. I did hot yoga and this I morning and I'm, loathe, I'm a little I, like low on energy right now. Yoga is <laughs> like the thing that I should do because I don't stretch enough, but I don't do also because I don't stretch it? enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate, hate yoga. Yeah. 
all I really want to do is dance. To be honest, all I want to do is go dance. I want to tap. I want to Zumba. I'll do it all. Yeah. I love, I just think that's the most natural. Well, but I think it's the, I think it's the most fun. Yeah. And I think it's the most natural for your body to move that way. It keeps the joints, you know, keeps the flexibility. It gives you a little muscle tone, burns the fat. Like it does everything you need. All right, Dr. Hart. But (laughs) But the more I'm like squatting and lifting and doing all those things that I'm supposed to do and I, and I, and I do like to do also, I feel like I'm like, Keeping my body from doing other things that it right. wants to do. Yeah. I need to be able to twerk, as we discussed. <laughs> so like, I'll practice my twerking and I'll come in and show you a little later. But. Well, this has been so much fun. Oh, thank you all so uh, much. Yes, thank it's... you. So everyone can find Lemons on Friday uh, on Amazon and everywhere, bookstores everywhere. And what do you have got? Anything are you working? Are you going to keep writing? Yes, I hope so. Yay! I have a couple things. Yeah. You're working mind. on some things? Just kind of coming down from the, the craziness of this one. But yes, I've got some stuff. Well, this one mind. was so good. So um, I can't wait to see what you follow it up with. And we thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. It's been so much fun. This is the We're going to go take hey, a spin y'all need class. wine pairing. If you need a wine <gasps> class, we're doing I think it. we need a wine pairing for our 90s episode. I think so. Yes. yes. What would be your best like 90s suggestion for 90s wine for a, a 90s episode? I mean, Franzia. The, I was going to say <laughs> the classic <laughs> option would be like an oaky Chardonnay. Like, I think that the only thing I ever saw my mom drink in the 90s was Kendall Jackson Chardonnay. Oh, really? It was okay. all the rage. Yeah. Trends have come back where there's less oakiness or butteriness. It's a little bit crisper. But yeah, it was like the, the butterier, the better. I, just like I wasn't just drinking wine in the 90s because <laughs> I was in elementary school. Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, <laughs> you guys are babies. I have visions of wine coolers and yeah. and boxed wine in the fridge. Yeah. I was taking sips off my mom's Chambord because that was oh, sweet. Gosh. And that's what I I was like, this, and it's pretty. It looks like it's got a yeah. crown on top. Like, mm, that's good. okay. No, no. <laughs> or Zima. Zima was a big thing for me in the 90s. Zima. That's a 90s. Yeah, maybe I need to do some Zima. <laughs> We need to do some Zima for the 90s oh. episode. Well, thank you again no, so thank much for being so here. Much. I've had a great time. Well, you have to leave a secret. Oh, okay. Thank you guys for joining us here at What Women Binge. Can you do us a favor and give us an Apple podcast review? It helps a lot. Yeah, and while you're at it, you can follow What Women Binge on Instagram. And follow me on Instagram. At Amanda WWB. If you like listening to the podcast, you would love seeing it. So you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Melissa Joan Artificial for full episodes, bonus content, and so much more. What Women Binge is produced by Laughagram Studios. Video production by Matt Giesler and Jay Hawley. Audio by Matt Lott. Production assistant Jen Best. And she is the best. What Women Binge is distributed by Podcast Heat. For more information, visit podcastheat.com. Do you have a question or a comment or a topic you want to suggest for the show? Well, we are listening. Email us at wwbquestions at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.